I'm going to share with you a story this morning about one of my favorite authors who lived during the 20th century, wrote some great books, my favorite of which is called The Power and the Glory, um, and it's about a priest who served in Mexico uh, during the time of the big persecution of the church back in like the 19-teens and 20s. And it's an interesting story. He's a fallen priest. They call him the whiskey priest. Has a lot of his issues, but still it's like God working through him to get the sacraments to these people while persecution is going on. Well, the man who wrote this novel, his name is Graham Greene, and he was a pretty conflicted fella himself. Uh, he was married in 1926, and before he got married, he converted to Catholicism after kind of going back and forth with his parish priests quite a bit, a lot of debating, but eventually was convinced of the truths of the faith, became a Catholic, got married, but really struggled with it throughout most of his life and showed that in the way that he lived his life. He was not terribly faithful to his wife. In fact, he traveled all over Europe, especially with his mistress, pretty openly. Never a good idea. And at one point, the two of them went to Italy, went to a small town, small church, St. Saint Giovanni Rotundo, where many of you may know this already, that's where the famous St. Padre Pio was a priest. And the two of them went to Mass, at which Padre Pio was the celebrant. And somehow or another, Padre Pio knew that they were there, or that someone told him, or he just figured it out because he was an amazing saint. And he sent one of the other friars to go and tell Graham Greene, I'd like to speak with you after Mass. And Graham Greene said no, which is an interesting thing. I find it both fascinating and sad. And the reason that he said no was, he's a holy man. And if I go and meet with him, I'm going to have to change. And I find that, just like I said, fascinating and sad. And I tell you that story this morning because I think as we look at the story of these two different sons of David, you see God inviting people into things, right? You see God wanting to break into their lives, wanting them ultimately to change. And I say these two sons of David, you know, the deacon just read this beautiful gospel we know so well. It's Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 24. Now, a week from now on Christmas Eve, well, not even a week from now, it's coming fast, uh, we're going to have this gospel, but before it, we're going to get another 17 verses, the opening of the gospel of Matthew, the genealogy that traces things from Abraham to David, through David's sons, the many kings of Israel, to the Babylonian captivity, all the way up to Jacob, whose son was Joseph, Joseph who was married, who was betrothed to Mary, and from her came the Christ. And then we get today. But it's an interesting thing when you hear that and what we get in the gospel today, because listen to what the angel calls Joseph in the dream. Joseph, not son of Jacob, Joseph son of David. He's another son of the king, just like from our first reading, Ahaz, who is a son of David. Ahaz is like a great, 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 great grandson of David. He's one of the successor kings. Now, the difficulty with Ahaz here, he was not a good guy. He was not living well the faith of his fathers. He didn't, you know, inherit the kingdom well. And at this point in his service as the king of Judah, at this point, we've already had the split between the north and the south kingdom. He's the king of Judah. He oversees Jerusalem. 
And at this point, he's got a lot of political problems. The different nations around him are conspiring to take over Jerusalem to wipe him out. And rather than being faithful to what he's inherited, rather than going to the God of Israel, going to the faith of his fathers, he's basically relying on political machinations. He's wanting to kind of solidify his power and forming these alliances with these pagan nations and pagan gods, even to the point that he sacrifices one of his children to these gods. So Ahaz, not a great guy, right? And so God, who wants to break in there, wants things to work out, wants Jerusalem to be saved, sends the prophet Isaiah to tell him, rely on me. Ask for whatever you want, any sign. Let it be as high, you know, as deep as the netherworld, high as the sky. Basically, like, come on, Ahaz, put me to the test here. And Ahaz, like any good politician who never follows the Lord at all, but is able to pull out a scripture quote to justify himself, I will not ask, I will not tempt the Lord. It's like, give me a break. Like, you're doing all these terrible things, right? And oh, all of a sudden you can pull out your rosary when it's time to show off. Not a good idea. So this is what Ahaz is doing, okay? He's not living the faith. God wants to be a part of this, and it's merely a show. He's not going to change. He won't let God into it. But God wants to be a part of things anyway, wants his people to be saved, right? And gives him this sign. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you this sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. Now, he gets a little bit of a fulfillment in his own time. One of his sons, Hezekiah, becomes the next king. And Hezekiah is unique amongst the kings of Israel in that he's not a bad guy. He does good things. He gets reacquainted with the faith of his fathers and it manages to hold off the invading forces. Jerusalem survives a little while longer. But the people know that Hezekiah cannot be the main fulfillment because eventually it's not as though he's Emmanuel forever. He dies and the people go into captivity. And so things get quiet for a while until our gospel today. Another son of David, Joseph son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. Now you look at this son of David, you look at Joseph, and he's described as a righteous man. He is a son of the king. He has this royal dignity. But like a lot of people, you know, when they're, when they're faced with incredible things that are being asked of them, faced with his vocation to take Mary into his home, and I know a lot of times we've been taught, it's like, oh, he's probably hurt, thinking his betrothed, you know, is, is pregnant by someone else. Matthew tells us right from the gate, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. We just celebrated, what, on December the 8th, on that Thursday, that she was conceived without sin. It's very unlikely that he thought that she's unfaithful. It's like it's not giving Mary a very good reading. More likely, Joseph, who's righteous, is thinking, I'm not up to this task, how can I take this bride of the Holy Spirit in with me? I'm little old Joseph. I'm just going to divorce her and let God take care of this. I'm going to stay out of the way. And the thing is, sometimes in our lives, it's easy to be that way, right? To think, okay, like God, like, it's not me. You know, you, you don't want me for this task. But the angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. He wants to break into Joseph's life, right? Things are going to change. But at the same time, to hear that he will fulfill what the prophet had said. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Joseph, do not be afraid 
to take Mary into your home. Do not be afraid to change. Because yes, it is a lofty vocation to take Mary, to take her son into your home and for you to name him Heshua, which means salvation. To get to play a part in salvation. Don't keep me out. Don't be afraid. Know that this vocation I'm giving you, Emmanuel, God with us, God will provide. My brothers and sisters in Christ, at this point of Advent, with Christmas just a week away, I think it's important that we make sure that we welcome God in, in the ways that he's wanting to come into our life. To not be like Graham Greene at the prospect of meeting Padre Pio. Because what we encounter in our faith, what we encounter every time we come to Mass, is more powerful than Padre Pio, and he would admit that too. We're encountering the living God, Emmanuel, God with us. And if we're like Ahaz, if there are things in our life that we know we shouldn't be holding on to, we shouldn't be doing, right? Just like Graham Greene, I'm afraid I might have to change. We got to invite him into that. That's why we have confession. Our Lord wants to get rid of those things. He wants to be in communion with us. And too often we hold on to roadblocks as though we really need those things. And we don't. He wants to take those sins away from us, to save us from our sins. And on the, other ha- on the other side of this, we may be living like righteous people. We may be like Joseph. However, at the prospect of our own vocations, at the prospect of knowing that we're called to live great lives, that we are called to be saints, and I heard it said in one of the commentaries I read this week, canonizable saints. Every one of us is called to be a canonizable saint. Now, at the prospect of that, it's like, no, 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 no. You got the wrong guy. That's not me. It's just, you know, that's somebody else. That's Padre Pio, not me. But he wants to break into our lives. He wants to be there with us. And we don't want to be like St. Joseph here, just wanting to kind of quietly divorce ourselves from this vocation. No. To open ourselves up and not to be afraid to welcome Mary and her son into our home. To know that fact that, yes, he's given us a vocation, every one of us. And to think about that fact, like, okay, yeah, we're not all priests or religious, but for God's sakes, with a lot of you, your vocation is to take care of another little human being. That's huge. That's lofty. That's a big deal. Now, not everybody's going to see everything that you do, but the sacrifices that are involved, yeah, I think a common reaction is to be afraid. But as the angel says to Joseph in the dream, do not be afraid. And do not be afraid to take Mary into your home. Because notice, it's, you're going to have the son and to name him Emmanuel. And just remember, I know it's like, I thought his name was Jesus. Well, a lot of times in Hebrew, when you're naming someone like this, it's almost like giving them their motto. This is the theme of their life. Emmanuel, God with us, right? Like our bishop's motto, Caritas Christi Urgent Nos. The love of Christ impels us, right? It's not his name, but it's his motto. Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph is given a lofty vocation here. He's going to take in our blessed mother and the son of God. He's going to get to name him Jesus. There's going to be amazing moments that are quiet at home in Nazareth. There's going to be difficult moments like the flight into Egypt, like when they lose him for three days. There are hard things involved just like in all of our vocations. But the big important thing is not to keep him at a distance, not to say, I don't want to meet you, I'm afraid to change. No. And we don't want Christmas to come and for it to just be a veneer, like it's another holly jolly Christmas, but we never actually let him inside. He wants to be with us. He has called every one of us to be a canonizable saint. 
don't be afraid to let him in. Don't be afraid of the change that he may be asking. And one of the greatest ways that we can have help with that fear is to listen to what the angel says to Joseph. Do not be afraid to take Mary into your home. To pray that rosary every day. To link the mysteries of your life with the mystery of our Lord's. With the help of Mary to take you by the hand through all of it. To pray the beautiful Angelus three times a day. And for those of you playing at home, you may have noticed that the opening prayer today is the closing prayer of the Angelus. It all ties together. God wants to break in there, to be a part of every aspect of our life. And is that a lofty calling? Are all of us called to amazing things? Yes, we are. But it's not a cause for fear. And the beautiful thing for us, as we see on this fourth Sunday of Advent, is in the calling is that very name, God is with us. Don't be afraid of whatever change he might be asking you to take. Don't be afraid of, you know, the nudge you may be getting from the Holy Spirit to take this on, to proclaim the gospel in this way, to comfort the afflicted in this way, to bring Christ into this dark corner of our world. And he may be asking you to do that, just like he was asking Joseph. Don't divorce yourself from it. Don't step away and think it can't be me. Rather, welcome him in. Do not be afraid to take Mary and Jesus into your home, to allow that change and to trust in the fact that whatever he is calling you to do, God is with us. Praise be Jesus Christ.